Welcome to the History AI Podcast, where the past comes alive with facts, anecdotes, and a dash of humor. Here are your hosts, Chuck and Marco. Welcome, history buffs, to another episode of the History AI Podcast. I'm Chuck. And I'm Marco. Today, we're diving deep into the annals of history to unearth the fascinating details of the Battle of Mursa. Ah yes, the Battle of Mursa, a name that might not be as familiar as, let's say, Waterloo or Gettysburg. But trust me, it has its fair share of intrigue, tactics, and legendary stories. And as always, before we dive into the actual battle, let's set the scene by understanding the global context. So, we're talking about the Roman Empire. It's the 4th century AD, and the empire has been plagued by civil wars, external invasions, and economic crises. Essentially, it was the empire's version of teenage angst. Very angsty indeed. Rome, at this point, was divided into eastern and western halves, and it was embroiled in what's known as the Tetrarchy, a four-emperor ruling system. A kind of, too-many-cooks situation if you ask me. And in this chaos, two contenders emerged, Constantine in the west and Licinius in the east. And, spoiler alert, they didn't get along. The stage for the Battle of Mursa was set when Licinius began planning an invasion of Pannonia, a region controlled by Constantine. Licinius mustered a large army, many of them veterans. But Constantine was no slouch. He too, had his legionaries ready to defend. Constantine, often remembered as Constantine the Great, was not just a military genius but also a charismatic leader. His troops loved him. Licinius, on the other hand, was shrewd and calculative. He had Valerius Valens as his co-emperor. When it comes to troops, both sides were pretty evenly matched with estimates suggesting each side had around 20,000 to 30,000 soldiers. So, the fateful day of the confrontation, September 28, 316 AD. The landscape around Mursa Major, present-day Osijek in Croatia, was about to witness one of antiquity's most significant showdowns. The setting sun that evening must have glinted off the armor and weapons of thousands, a vista of nerves, strategy, and anticipation. The river Drava played a vital part in the proceedings, with Licinius choosing to place his army with their backs to it. A gutsy move Marco. Historically, being cornered against a water body has spelled disaster for many an army, but Licinius might have been counting on the defensive advantage. Now, the initial skirmishes began with cavalry engagements. Constantine's cavalry, reputed for their discipline, made swift advances, targeting the flanks. Meanwhile, Licinius's horsemen attempted to counter, but the intensity of Constantine's charges was too much. As the cavalry created chaos, the infantry of both sides moved in. It's said that the sound of clashing shields, swords, and war cries could be heard for miles. Both sides used the classic Roman legionary tactics, tight formations, short swords for close combat, and spears for throws. And remember those famed Roman testudo formations? The shield wall where soldiers would lock their shields together and some would hold them overhead? Both sides employed them, especially when trying to push against each other or when defending against archers. The river Drava itself turned into a chaotic scene. As Licinius's troops were pushed back, some tried to retreat across the river, leading to more loss of life as soldiers drowned under the weight of their armor. There's also a mention of war elephants being used by Licinius. These majestic beasts, armored and driven into the fray, caused initial havoc. But Constantine's troops, using their tactical training, managed to create confusion among the elephants, which started rampaging through their own lines. By late afternoon, it was evident that Licinius was losing ground. 
his formation had been penetrated at multiple points, and the cohesion of his forces was deteriorating. The final push came as the sun was setting. Constantine's troops, sensing victory, gave it their all, eventually pushing a significant part of Licinius's army into the river or scattering them across the fields. It wasn't just a battle, it was a strategic masterpiece, a testament to the military tactics of the time, and a brutal reminder of the costs of civil war within an empire. As with many monumental battles in history, Mursa Major wasn't just about generals and grand strategies. It was also about individual soldiers, their valor, and the tales of heroism that arose from the midst of chaos. Absolutely Chuck. One story that's passed down through the annals of history is that of Gaius, a young legionary from Constantine's side. As the battle raged, Gaius found himself isolated from his unit, surrounded by enemies. Right. And instead of giving in to panic, Gaius used his wits. Using the sun's glare on his polished shield, he temporarily blinded a group of enemy soldiers, allowing him to break through their ranks and rejoin his comrades. And as if that wasn't enough, later during the battle, when a standard bearer from his unit fell, Gaius fought his way through the enemy lines, not just to retrieve the fallen Roman standard, but he also managed to capture an enemy flag. This act didn't just boost the morale of his fellow soldiers, but also cemented his place in the legends of the battle. Then there's the tale of Lucilla, a female medic tending to the wounded behind the front lines. When a contingent of Licinius's cavalry broke through and threatened the makeshift medical camp, Lucilla rallied the wounded, using discarded weapons and shields to form a makeshift defense. They held off the attackers long enough for reinforcements to arrive. And we shouldn't forget the story of Decimus, an archer. When the war elephants of Licinius wreaked havoc, Decimus, with his keen eyesight and precision, targeted the Mahouts, the elephant riders, destabilizing the elephants and preventing a total rout of that section of Constantine's army. Each of these stories Marco serves as a reminder that battles aren't just won by kings and generals. It's the courage and determination of individuals that often turn the tide. And Mursa Major was replete with such acts of valor. From the mind behind the History AI podcast comes an electrifying journey into the past. A ripple through time, Franklin's folly. Dive into a tale where Benjamin Franklin, America's beloved inventor, takes an unexpected journey through time. But with his leap, he unleashes a powerful ripple. Now, with dark forces lurking in the shadows, harnessing this energy to shatter and enslave the world, it's a race against time. Will Franklin fix the future? Or will history rewrite itself? Uncover the secrets. A ripple through time, Franklin's folly. Time has never been more fragile. On Amazon presale now, back to the battle. The aftermath was devastating. It's estimated that almost 50,000 men were lost that day, making it one of the bloodiest battles of late antiquity. Those numbers are staggering. Wars back then were often a matter of inches, with victory and defeat balanced on a knife's edge. The battle was a pivotal moment. Though Licinius retreated, he would later be defeated entirely by Constantine, leading to the latter's sole rule over the Roman Empire. And the significance? It paved the way for Constantine's eventual conversion to Christianity and the Edict of Milan, granting religious tolerance to Christians in the empire. Indeed. The ripple effects of this battle would shape the religious and political landscape of Europe for centuries. The Battle of Mursa, while not as celebrated as other conflicts, played a critical role in the Roman Empire's history. And as we wrap up, we want to give a huge shout out to our loyal listeners. Thank you for tuning in. 
please don't forget to rate, follow, and share the podcast. And remember, you can suggest topics through our social media channels. Until next time, I'm Chuck. And I'm Marco. Keep exploring history with us.